Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And this week, some things went well, some things went not so well, is really the, <laughs> the way this feels. Yeah, yeah, not a great overall record. Shout out Lady Texter softball team. Yeah, and <laughs> baseball too, I guess. Yeah, things could have gone better. Let's just put it that way for now, and we'll get into it later. But uh, yeah. I think you've got some good news to start out with, right? Yeah, uh, I'll breeze past the 5-8 and eight record overall for Tech Sports and get right into <laughs> men's basketball, where they played one game and won one game against North Texas. Hey, that's as good as you can do. Yeah, I now mean, they're 1-1 one and one against them on the season to keep well, with the theme of ones. And the first yep. week of pod play, <laughs> it's all coming up ones. And Tech beat North Texas 73-71. North Texas Again, is another, the one, one seed in the yeah. pod as well i don't know if you mentioned that but uh, yeah, i need to go yeah. get some uh some bulletin boards and some uh yarn and start connecting some dots <laughs> yep yeah the final score again 73 71 but really it probably should have ended at 72 to 71 but i'll take a two-point victory and the game was just as close as it was when these two teams played last month yes i swear those last what 1.4 seconds took about 12 minutes to actually happen so seems like par for the course whenever these two teams meet you really get your money's worth i guess if you're <laughs> trying to get out of the house for a little bit to go watch a basketball game where clock operators make their name <laughs> louisiana tech north texas <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to the beginning of the game to kind of go through it really quickly the bulldogs took some time to get into their groove their shooting was not great early on they started shooting one for five from the field but then followed that up with six for eight overall on twos and threes so they got into it pretty quickly once they, they started a little slow. Tech built up to a four-point lead, and then that's when the Mean Green took timeout and woke up coming out of that timeout and can went we on just, a 10-0 run. Can we just stop other teams from taking timeouts? Like, is that legal? Can we just be like, no timeouts this game, ref, please? Call a timeout to avoid a timeout? <laughs> it seems like every game, you're, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan's <laughs> point is like, we start out so hot, then they called timeout, and it all yeah. went downhill from there. <laughs> Maybe we should stop talking about it because they're realizing what's happening. But yeah, the oh, main yeah. green went from being down 16 to 12, so the Bulldogs were leading 16 to 12, and then next thing you know... Bulldogs were down 22 to 16. A lot of that was due to shots being blocked, although at the time there was only one block recorded officially, but I saw like four or five with my own eyes, so I'm not really sure what counts as a block anymore. Yeah. Watch the game, nerds. Yeah. But yeah, Tech went down by as much as 11 with three minutes left in the half. That was the most North Texas led by throughout the whole game. And it kind of felt like, oh, this game is getting out of hand. Halftime's almost there. If we can just get to halftime without the bleeding getting any worse, then maybe we can make a comeback in the second half. But the Bulldogs were able to bounce back pretty quickly before halftime even happened. And they closed the lead to four going into the break, which felt pretty good after being down 11 to only being down four yeah. at halftime. And the Bulldogs have felt at least like a second half team. So to see that happening and being like, okay, wait, no, maybe we got this. Maybe this <laughs> all hope isn't lost. <laughs> yeah, going into the second half, though, the Bulldogs kept that momentum going and tied the game up only, was that two minutes into the game? They tied it up at 40 into the second half, but they didn't get the lead <laughs> until there were 11 minutes and 30 seconds. So eight minutes and 30 seconds into the second half is when they finally took the lead after tying it after two. Wow. But now to our recurring segment, Technical Foul Watch. That's a technical foul. <laughs> 
This time on technical foul watch, it was a double technical foul. So it really ultimately meant nothing. Thanks, Jingle. But one was on <laughs> Pemberton and one was on uh, North Texas's Reese. The TV broadcast said that Pemberton was trying to break up a North Texas huddle when there was a stoppage of play and wasn't supposed to be huddling, but everyone does anyway. I don't really know. Couldn't really hear what was being said between the players, but that kind of sounds like a dumb technical to me. But yeah. so far, they've all sounded like dumb technicals to me. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. What's that? Three games in a row? With the technical? I think it's three of the past four or three of the past wow. five. Uh, there are two games in a row, I know, that were both on Gordon. I was kind of surprised. I heard the technical foul called. I was like, where's Gordon? Okay, no, it wasn't him. But yeah, Tech was able to build up its lead after the technical foul to four points with seven minutes left. And then just to trigger Evan again, the Mean Green called timeout. And Tech struggled <sighs> after that, surprisingly. Man, what what is it? Like, what what is happening in these timeout huddles? Yeah, I, re- I really think they're getting together with like a book of sorcery and, and casting a spell <laughs> or something. Like, they look, Tech looks like a completely different team. Like, the Monstars took their talent or whatever for a few minutes. Oh, man. But yeah, Andrew Gordon misses a layup. Then he has a defensive breakdown right on the other side of the court on the following position. Possession. Kobe misses a, a three and then he misses a layup. Kobe Williams does. Then Pemberton puts up two air balls in a row. Just bad shooting. Oof. North Texas was able to climb back into this game. We were only up four at the time when all that started, but we had the opportunity to kind of put it away and, and we didn't. We were finally able to make a shot but with a three-pointer by Gene after the Mean Green took the lead, but that put us back on top and we were up 65 to 64. North Texas's Hamlet gets to the line, and to be or not to be, that is the question, and Hamlet somehow does both and only hits one of his two foul shots. <laughs> oh, man. Always here for tech slash Shakespeare crossover. Yeah, the engineering major is the one doing the Shakespeare stuff. That's how you, how <laughs> you know the, how this game is not going. The, not the English minor that actually took Shakespeare. <laughs> English yeah, the guy who took one English class in college. <laughs> yeah, so that foul shot ties the game, but Bracey hits a three. Tech goes up by three. North Texas hits a three. They tie the game. So that's that's not great. And the game is tied again with 64 seconds left. Bracey drives, step back two. Good. 39 seconds left. Tech mm. is up by two. Beautiful. Hamlet, again, remember his name. He drives, hits a two of his own, and uh, he doth not need to protest too much because he drew an and one <laughs> without protesting too much. I promise that's it for the Shakespeare references. You're trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my deal. I'm really not sure what Archibald did wrong there to to draw the foul, but whatever. Shooting fouls happen a lot of times where you're kind of confused by what happened. So North Texas is up by one. So Mm. who do you think has the ball? Who do you trust with the ball in this situation? Down by one with seconds left. You probably have the final shot of the game. Who do you give the ball to? Oh, I give it to Day Day Bracey, sir, because he had a half, which we'll talk about. But let's let let Dave Nitz take this one. Absolutely. Gives it back to Bracey. Seven seconds, six seconds. Bracey wants to drive with it. I can tell. To the bucket, off the glass. Good! And he's fouled with 1.4 seconds remaining. Oh, you got to love that. Bracey has done it again. Yeah, so uh, that was a fun. You got to love that. You got to love that. Hell yeah. But game's not over yet. There's still, I believe, (laughs) 1.4 seconds left on the clock. Boy, was it not over yet. (laughs) yeah because what this felt like it felt like the iona game where there was a a shot goes in a couple seconds left not really enough time to move the ball down the court but maybe something happens maybe they get a good enough shot in that it's close or whatever but what north texas does instead is they end on the ball they just end on the ball way too far 
they probably got some football <laughs> agents calling some names real quick because yeah, that that kid's going to be the quarterback for the football team next year. <laughs> yeah, Mason finds out, so you got to find somebody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Tech gets the ball inbounding underneath the goal they're trying to score on. So what they do, they really just as long as you don't turn the ball over and give them an easy shot, you got the game. So Tech inbounds the ball, Bracy catches it, but is fouled. But there's 1.4 seconds left, and right. as soon as he touches the ball, the game's over or uh, the clock stops. And so the foul has to happen within 1.4 seconds. So was he fouled before the clock hit zero? Let's look at the replay monitor for 20 minutes. Well, so, I I mean, they say you need three-tenths of a second to catch the ball and release it. So how many seconds do you need to be fouled before the clock can be stopped? Yeah. Like last time I understood, I understood why the the buzzer beater by North Texas in the last game took so long to look at. I hated it. Right. It's not fun. But you under, this is a life right. or death call, basically. Who wins this game? It all comes down to this one call. So you want to make right. 100% certainty that you get the call right. This does not matter. Yeah. I, I mean, Tech's got the ball no matter what. So yeah. So either he gets the ball inbound and the clock runs up before he's fouled, end of game, or he gets two shots at the line with less than 1.4 seconds left. And so that means that even if he makes both of them and North Texas inbounds the ball, they have 0.7 seconds. And how long did you say it was to catch and shoot? Like 0.4? is what they say you don't have time. So I guess you need 0.4 to do it. Yeah. So barely enough time to get a shot off. And that's like, I mean, that's like ridiculously fast, right? Like, yeah. That's like the fastest a human can possibly do it. So maybe North Texas's basketball players are are not like the peak humans playing basketball, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they are, but... Yeah, and so I understand wanting to get calls right because just... Yeah. In general, you want to get the calls right. But if you can't tell after that amount of time, just go with the, what's on the court, whichever one it is. Yeah. Because, because, I mean, this game was in Denton, right? Like, if this was at Tech, you're celebrating the whole time, but... <laughs> to to sit there and know that your team is about to lose, but still be sitting there. I kind of applaud the fans for, for standing through all of that. Yeah, and I don't know if you got the sense. I, I was at work during this game, so I didn't get to watch it. But the North Texas Twitter accounts that we follow, NTSN and um, whatever the other ones are called, I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, you know, sh- yeah, shout out to them people who I don't remember your names, but they seemed really pissed at the officiating in this game, like more pissed than we normally are about officiating. (laughs) Did you notice anything? I mean, I know we talked about a technical foul, but was there anything that stood out to you as particularly bad? I didn't see anything that was worse than the normal for Kusa refs. Right. But I didn't come away with this thinking the refs were a huge problem in the game. To be fair to those North Texas fans, they were saying that even while they were winning. Right, right, right. So, I mean, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I didn't see anything in particular to make me think that these refs were at least worse than normal. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's exactly what I saw just the whole second half, really. They were just like real, real mad about it. Like I said, I didn't get to watch the game, so I was just like, I didn't see any of that from Tech fans. Uh, so I was curious if uh, if you noticed anything, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't seem that out of the ordinary, but something that did seem pretty out of the ordinary from this game was uh, North Texas's three-point shooting, because the Mean Green are the 13th best three-point shooting team in the country. They normally hit 38% of their deep shots, and they hit 18.2% Saturday Ooh. night. They were four for 22. Man. Several times in my notes that I take while watching these games, I put down, there's no way they stay this cold from three, and 
they did. It felt weird <laughs> to, to have the like, okay, this is going to come to bite us in the butt because eventually they're going to heat up and they will take these shots. And that just never happened. It is worth noting since these teams have played twice, though, that Tech did only allow a 28% shooting from three performance last time they played. And again, their yeah. average is 38%. So, yeah. And I, I remember I was very smart and called that out last, uh, last episode and said, it'll be interesting to see if we can repeat that performance. Little did I know we would we would outdo that performance of 28% and hold them to 18. That's, that's incredible. So great, great job on the defensive game plan there. And also, you know, I'm sure North Texas just missed a bunch of shots too. Yeah. But <laughs> that, That's the hard thing about rating defense is a lot of it is on the team, probably more so than the teams are usually given credit for, for defense. But a lot of it's just if a player is hot or cold on that night. And if your three point shooters are cold, it doesn't really matter how great of defense is being put in their face. It is worth mentioning though, this was the second worst three point performance by North Texas all year. Their worst came yeah. against Arkansas. That was a 12% shooting Ooh. performance. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. Any other thoughts about this game? Yeah, I, I thought I, I just kind of want this to be the conference title game, honestly. Like, what more do you want? It The game had 11 ties, 11 lead changes. It, they're just evenly matched teams, and it's fun to watch them play, you know? Uh, it, it always comes down to not, like, not the final seconds, but, like, literally the final tenths of seconds, which is yeah. pretty crazy. And now, I'm not saying I want a 10-minute review at the end of <laughs> of the conference title game to decide it. Please, do not leave a conference championship in the hands of CUSA refs. Please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Uh, and I also wanted to shout out Day-Day because, uh, like we referenced oh, earlier, he had the game-winning shot. Um, he also had the wherewithal on the you know kind of BS free throws that he threw there at the very last tenths of seconds. Uh, instead of making the last shot, he purposefully bounced it off the rim and missed a free throw on purpose. So not helping his percentage there. <laughs> um, well, you get to say they're all on purpose now. Though. Yeah. So that he could get the rebound off the rim and just end the game right then and there and not leave it up to, you know, crazy chance. And as tech fans, I think we all appreciated that because even with 0.6 on the clock and the entire court to go, I would not have breathed easy up three that that game was over. So a yeah. uh, shout out to him. He had 20 points in the second half alone, 26 overall. So a uh, really, really good. And I'm sad that we only get to watch him play for a few more months yeah. or games or however long we get to play. We'll see. <laughs> so w- what else, what do we have uh, coming up this week in basketball? Yeah. So after tech got their vengeance against a team they lost to earlier this season, North Texas, they get to go on the road again to Western Kentucky to take on the Hilltoppers. Are we actually, I don't remember actually going there before. Are we actually going to show up this time or let's hope so. That's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Hilltoppers are 18 and nine overall 11 and four in conference and have not lost since defeating tech back in early February. At least they had not lost before this past Saturday where they lost yep. to Charlotte. Yep, they lost in uh, a last-second loss to Charlotte, too. So both yep. uh, top seeds fall in their home openers of pod play. So, hey. So no two bids for That's two exciting, right? Here. That's what the pod is for, right? I mean, yeah, but also, yeah, but we already knew that. So <laughs> I'm enjoying pod play just because it makes for more entertaining matchups. Like, we're not playing the bottom two teams at the end of the year. It's it's the excitement going into the tournament. It's probably prepping your team a little bit, too, for facing this yeah. different competition that comes in Frisco. Yeah, I don't really see a downside to it other than, I guess, the, the travel budget yeah. being up in the air because you don't know how far you're going to have to go. I, I don't know. That's the only thing. And that doesn't seem like a good enough reason to not do it to me, yeah. but 
I mean, to me, it's worth the extra expense to have these great matchups. I just wish this game wasn't on CBS Sports so that oh, it was back man. on ESPN+. Plus. I wish they were all on ESPN+. Plus. That bar in DC is having a, a watch party again, so I'm pretty hyped about that. Hopefully oh, nice. it doesn't go the same way this time. I'll probably just create a new email and uh, sign up for <laughs> CBS Sports Network on Fubo TV again. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully hopefully it doesn't go the same. You're yes. right. Just like last time, we probably don't want to spend too much time previewing a team we previewed only a, a few weeks ago. Again, Western Kentucky is good at not fouling. We said that last time, and Tech only shot four free throws. So let's uh, double down on that. Like... The first free throw was like 11 minutes left in the game. Not yeah. in the first half, in the game. <laughs> yeah, They played 30 minutes without a shooting foul. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Seems Kentucky to USA. Only committed 11 fouls last time. That's happened eight times this year where they've had 11 or fewer fouls in the entire game. I mean, that is impressive. <laughs> yeah. I'll give them that. Tech has only done that twice this year. Oof. Yeah. And uh, Tech's four free throws were the fewest that West Kentucky has allowed, so maybe just some bad luck there. But they still only allow 12 free throws allowed on average. Meanwhile, Tech allows 17 per game free throws by the other team. Oof. So, again, hopefully this time our free throw shooting doesn't bite us because we won't be going to the line, but hopefully the rest of the team just plays better than last time, hopefully. Especially under the rim, because Western Kentucky has been not great on defense under the rim, which... It's kind of surprising considering the the lowest score in the game last time, a 65-54 final score. But Western Kentucky is 304th in two-point defense and 294th in the country in defensive rebounding percentage. So Tech should be able to drive and get second-chance shots. But again, we said this last time, and that just wasn't the case. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, Mo Muhammad just looked off last yeah. game, and hopefully he can wake up and you know have a have a big game, and hopefully Day Day can continue this kind of killer streak he's had because the dude is great. He he's a senior playing his last games. You know, it'd be great to see him continue the work that he just put in at North Texas and come out of uh, Bowling Green with a win. Yeah, and so. In Ken Palm, Tech is favored to win this game, 71 to 70. Oof. But for Massey ratings, Western Kentucky is favored to win, 71 to 69. Not so nice. So let's go Ken Palm. Yeah, we like Ken Palm better anyway. Yeah, that's the game this week. So what does it look like with how the standings go and where we stand in the tournament and all the other stuff? Right. So as we mentioned, uh, Western Kentucky lost their opening pod game. So that puts them in a tie with us, which I believe they would win the tiebreaker as it stands now because they beat us. Yeah. Uh, I tried to find the tiebreaker on CUSA's website, but the link was broken. So great. <laughs> um, which sounds like the tiebreaker is broken, but I, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, uh, um, but as as I see it, and as uh, I think Watek Sports Report tweeted out, if we win out and North Texas loses one more game, then we will be the regular season conference champions because I believe that would put us in a tie with North Texas, and they must have worked some computer voodoo magic to know that we would win the tie with North Texas. I don't know how that works. <laughs> Maybe it's aggregate scoring. That would be kind of cool because <laughs> we would win that by one point, I think, due to Bracey's BS <laughs> free throw. <laughs> um, so I did some math. You know, Nathan's only taken one English class at Tech. I only took one <laughs> math class at Tech, but I did the math on this one. Um, so per, <laughs> yeah, so it's probably wrong. It's what, <laughs> what I'm saying is it's probably wrong. <laughs> per Ken Palm, Tech has a 32.8% chance to win out at Western Kentucky and then against FIU and Charlotte at home. Meanwhile, North Texas has a 25% chance to win out, but a 45% chance to lose one of their games. Gotcha. So combine those two, which is what I had to ask Nathan how to do. 
And, <laughs> <laughs> and it means there's about a 14.7, 15% chance uh, that Tech will be the regular season champions. So Got that's it. not that's a pretty good uh, pretty good chance considering that there's so many variables at play. Yeah. So I found a website that had the tie-breaking procedures that was not broken because the conference site is. Okay. That was yeah. a page from like 2006 is what it said. Ooh. But uh, Kusa Report two years ago in 2018 had a, a write-up about it and they quoted if the tiebreaker is between two teams, first it's head-to-head. Duh. Part B is if still tied, compare records versus teams with highest winning percentage in conference play in descending order until tie is broken. When okay. arriving at a set of teams, i.e. winning percentage, while comparing records, use each team's record versus versus the collective tied teams in a group. What in the hell? And then in parentheses prior to that group's own tie-breaking process. Part C, if tie remains, seating will be based based on most recent RPI standings. Okay. Okay. Part two, between three or more teams. A, conduct a mini (laughs) round robin among the tied teams. Team with the highest winning percentage will receive the higher seed. Parentheses open, number sign, parentheses closed, period. B, if a three-way tie still exists after conducting the round robin, follow step 1B, then step 1C if needed. If at any point the number of teams tied reduces to two, steps 1, A through C are followed. Nathan, I'm gonna, I don't know if there's more, but I'm going to stop you there. I have no <laughs> idea what the heck you just I don't, said. I don't think I don't, they have an idea. <laughs> I mean, I thought the football tiebreaker was bad. Wow. Do we need to get a lawyer on the show? Yeah, right? Like, like literally, they might as well just play rock, paper, scissors to determine it. Like, I, I don't know what the hell that was. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let, let's just run away from this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and head into uh, other things that make us confused and sad. Mainly the lady texters. <laughs> um, the basketball texters had a, a, actually an okay week. They split games against USM and FIU. Um, last week, I said they really needed to win their games against the bottom half teams in the conference, and both of these teams were that, and they did not. The Texters uh, lost to USM on, I believe, Thursday night. Uh, they only shot 33% from the field, and the Lady Eagles shot 50%. So, I mean, that'll do it every time. They somehow lost the game by two. Uh, and they had a chance at the buzzer. They took a two-pointer and missed it and then kicked it out and and then also missed a three-pointer at the buzzer. So they really needed to win that game and did not. And also, we hate Southern Miss here on this podcast. We're on record as uh, hating Southern Miss with every fiber of our being. So that sucks. Yeah, even off the podcast, we, we hate yes. Southern Miss. Yes, true. Uh, against FIU, they did a lot better, uh, but FIU is dead last in the conference. Um, hey, we're not. Yeah, so there there is that. The Texters won 62 to 52 and shot the basketball better, uh, 40%. FIU actually took the lead with less than four minutes to play, but then Tech was like, wait, we're number 11 in the conference for a reason, damn it. Yeah. And they went on an 11 overrun to uh, finish the game out. <laughs> I'm so, sure that's why. That's why they went on 11. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> Brick Stores in the, in the huddle, like, are we number 14 or are we number 11? Get your shit together. As I mentioned, they are in 11th place with two games against Rice, uh, who is number one in the conference, Uh, um, and against number 13, UTSA. So that's that's better. I mean, you better beat UTSA is all I'm saying. And Rice, I don't think we have a chance against, but that game is at home for what it's worth. So uh, I'm not holding my breath, though. Yeah, speaking of not holding your breath, don't do it for the softball texters quite so soon either. Mm. It was another bad week. Wednesday night, yeah. they played LSU. And speaking of 11-0, they lost 11-0. <laughs> Friday's game against Princeton was canceled. Then Tech lost to Houston, Texas Tech, Syracuse. They finally got a W against Princeton when they finally were able to play them again and then just lost to Houston again. So just not a very good week. Yeah, 
yeah, one in five is not good. Uh, yeah. Also, Princeton sucked, and we were supposed to play them twice and only got to play them once. So that's just about how our season's going. So instead of being like four and eleven right now, we're three and eleven. So that's yeah. great. Four and eleven is uh, better. Man, remember like two weeks ago when we thought the Texters might like be in a regional? Hey, they still yeah. could be. Just won the tournament. Just got to turn it around by May. Yeah, that's that's true. There's a lot of time. What is it, February? Yeah. Okay, we got forget, time. Forget cautious optimism, just blind optimism at this point. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so in a, a shocking turn of events, we're going to talk about a sport we've never talked about on this <laughs> podcast before. The Indoor Track and Field Conference Championships were held in Birmingham last weekend. Um, Why? <laughs> Tech's men's team finished sixth in the meet, and the women's team finished eleventh. I got eleventh. Yeah, lots of lots of ones in this. Let me get episode. back off that yarn and, and chalkboard and everything. <laughs> and uh, according to the LaTechSports.com uh, article, the, those finishes were better than last year. So good to see the teams uh, doing better. Uh, but of note, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is that Denzel Harper won the gold medal for his long jump of seven point five six meters. That is uh, 24 feet and 9.75 inches for our listeners uh, f- not from Europe or anywhere else in the world. So when when Denzel Harper walks through Centennial Plaza, he doesn't have to walk around the seal. He can just jump over it. I'm, I'm pretty sure that would be less we, than 24 feet. Yeah. Right? Do we measure that? We want to make sure before we can tell him. <laughs> well, I can't step on it. So I, I don't I don't think there's any way to actually measure it. Um, OK, yeah, it's, it's quantum. <laughs> I guess we could take the circumference and then do some math nonsense. <laughs> you to, already did your math it. for the week, though. So. Right. My math is done. I, I've done all the math I needed to do. My teachers told me math would count and i i always thought they were wrong but here i am yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for, for reference though so he jumped 7.56 meters um the gold medalist at the 2016 olympics jumped 8.38 so he's got some work to do before he's an olympic caliber athlete but hopefully he'll get to uh jump at the uh national meet too in a, in a month or so nice all right, so let's go optimism route. Let's move to another sport, baseball, I guess. They're not really... Is optimistic the word you want to use after this we week? We were going into this week, and we were yeah. after Tuesday, where they beat McNeese 7-4. to four. Yeah, so this game uh, started out pretty well. Uh, I don't think either of us paid McNeese the seven ninety nine they wanted to watch one game. Um <laughs> But we did, I, I did anyway, listen to it, uh, listen to Dave Nitz's call. So that was nice to uh, have that available for free. Shout out tech. Um, yeah, shout out the school that we cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, we just don't shout out tech enough, you know? Yeah, that's fair. We're not doing enough here. Um, <laughs> I think that after the first weekend, we were really excited about the pitching. And so after allowing one run in three games, we were excited to see where this pitching staff could go. And this first game... Uh, freshman Greg Martinez got his first start as a Bulldog. He went uh, four and two-thirds innings, uh, allowed six hits and two runs um, while striking out four batters. Kyle Griffin came in as a relief pitcher there in the fifth inning, and he went the remainder of the game picking up the save as Tech won seven to four. Griffin allowed two hits and two runs and struck out five batters. So how did the how did the batters look in this game, Nathan? Yeah, Hunter Wells looked like the Hunter Wells we know he can be. He went three for four with two RBIs and scored a run. Uh, George Corona, the new catcher, the new freshman, he also looked pretty great. He had two doubles and an RBI. Not much more you can ask for, especially when a catcher is not a position you usually count on for a bat. 
usually they're there mostly to keep the pitching on track and kind of right. game manage the situation from behind the plate. So when you have a catcher that can go out there and add two doubles in an RBI, that's that's pretty huge. Yeah, for sure. And I had uh, in my notes that I know from Ben and from some of the people more knowledgeable about baseball than I am that Tech would like to get the other freshman catchers in the game. But uh, after the weekend and Tuesday that Corona had, uh, it seemed really difficult to uh, to justify taking him out of the game. Um, we'll cover more on that a little bit later, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall, I-, I thought it was a very good game. Obviously, a great win to go hand somebody their first loss in a midweek game um, when you're coming off of a road tilt at ULL. So all in all, good performance. What what other notes did you have about this game? Yeah, just that Tech felt in control the entire time. It felt like Tech's to lose, even though they were down one nothing to start the game after the second inning. They immediately got that run back in the top of the third and added a second and just from there on just in control of the game the pitching was great again those four runs are more than we're used to seeing because of the yeah. great weekend <laughs> we had last week but really in college baseball when you only give up four that's still pretty impressive from your pitching staff again we'll see when we get to this week's weekend games that giving up four is fine but if you can't score any then you still lose the game but this game was just text to win the entire way and they did yep for sure so moving on to a game they did not. Like you said, that it was nice for Tech to hand McNeese their first loss of the year. Troy, it must have felt good to their fans to hand Tech their first loss of the year when the Troy Trojans defeated Tech 4-0. to uh, Troy scored pretty early. They scored uh, a run in the first inning after an error by the first baseman Brantley allowed a base runner who then went around to score after a double. They added on a second run in the third. And if you haven't noticed that I haven't mentioned Tech's batting yet, it's because they did not even get on base until the fifth inning and did not get yeah. a hit until the seventh inning. Not much to mention there, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Troy topped it off with two more runs in the bottom of the eighth, and when Tech came back up at the top of the night, just nothing doing, and <laughs> walked away with a 4 nothing loss. Yeah. Which happens. It's baseball. It's yeah. really all you can say. Yeah, great pitching by Troy, uh, for sure. And it just sucks, right? It's the first loss of the season. And yeah, it just happens in baseball. Even the best teams, even the teams that win championships still lose a handful of games every year. And and that's if they're hot throughout the regular season. And like any other college sport, what matters is tournaments. So yeah. all you can do is come back the next day and try to win again against Troy. But that didn't happen either, did it? Yeah, no. Uh, it looked like it would for a while. Uh, after, after being shut down completely in game one, held the one hit. Tech got their first hit in the first inning of game two. But ultimately, that did not result in any runs. But then in the third inning, we were able to score four runs. Parker Bates hit the home run uh, to drive in three runs there. And so, hey, we were living large there for a minute. But unfortunately, uh, Troy started to come back in the fifth. They scored two runs there. And then they took the lead, scoring three runs in the sixth and then two runs in the seventh. And seven to four ended up as the final. Tech was uh, really came alive in that third inning and then wasn't able to do much more for the rest of the game. Yeah, and again, it comes down to pitching. Tyler Follis, he he pitched pretty well. He didn't pitch very long. Four and two-thirds innings. Only gave up one earned run. Uh, Kyle Krieger, who has been lights out coming into this, was not really his night. He pitched two-thirds of an innings, giving up three runs, Mm -hmm. one of which was earned, and a walk. Again, only recording the two outs. Kyle Griffin and Seth Trawick, probably not how you pronounce that, but whatever. They came in and ended the game for the Bulldogs. But yeah, just not the greatest performance 
And that's really all you can say, I guess. Yeah, interesting note. Kyle Krieger actually picked up the loss here because he pitched uh, two-thirds of an inning, and I guess that two-thirds of the inning must have been uh, when Troy took the lead, huh? Yes. Yeah, he also he faced six batters and struck out two of them. So, I mean, <laughs> he's good yeah, at getting he, strikeouts. <laughs> it, again, it wasn't really their day. Yeah. Move on today is all you can do. And I'm glad they did because in game three against Troy, <sighs> Tech avoided the sweep pretty handily yeah. with a yeah. 9-0 victory over the Trojan. Yep. Much, much better game. Much more enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> Tech was in control the entire way, which is pretty easy to say when you win 9-0. They scored two in the second, two in the third, another one in the seventh, and then piled on four in the eighth inning to really put the game out of reach there at the end. Yeah, and it's worth noting, too, we forgot to mention that in uh, the second game, there were a lot of fielding errors including some pass balls by our boy, George Corona. You know, I mentioned earlier that it was hard to take him out of the lineup, <laughs> but uh, Kyle Hasler got into the game uh, and he actually had a home run uh, to start off the scoring in the second inning. So who knows where we'll go from here because both of these catchers are making it, you know, making a case for themselves for sure. Uh, Hasler end of the night, five at bats. He got a hit on two of them, scored two runs and had four RBIs. Ooh. And only struck out once. You just got to love to see that. Uh, Jarrett Worf really, that was a player of this game pitching a complete game shutout three hitter performance mm. only on a hundred pitches too so it wasn't even like his arm was falling off at the end only three strikeouts which probably helps that 100 pitches if you're able to let your defense do the work for you yeah and also gave up zero walks which again helps with that so Jarrett Worf now 2-0 and as a tech starter and hopefully that continues moving on to the future hell yeah so I just wanted to go over some numbers where we're at right now uh after you know the first full week of games we've played what seven games now. Parker Bates leads the team with a 440 average. Uh, his slugging percentage is 920. Uh, he's got 11 hits on 25 at bats, including a double, a triple, and three home runs. He's get, got 13 RBIs in seven games. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then we've got Alex Ray is second on the team with 368. Hunter Wells is 333. Darius Myers, the DH, is 294. So we've got some some dudes, man. And Parker Bates is, I mean, that's got to be close to tops in the country right now, I would think. Obviously, it's early, right? But 13 RBIs is a lot of RBIs. Yeah, so go ahead and moving forward to hopefully keeping that performance up this week, especially because Tech plays LSU Tuesday night. And you got to love when the Bulldogs may be able to sneak away from Baton Rouge with a W. Tech is not favored to win this game, though, but the final score prediction by Massey is 3-2 to two Tiger victory, a 40% chance to win. They rank LSU as the 50th team in the country. Tech, they rank the 32nd team in the country, actually. So Massey thinks we're better. Oh, wow. They just think the home game advantage oh, yeah. would be enough to swing it. Right. But after that, Tech follows it up with a weekend series at Ruston High against the Maine Bears. They are the 285th team in baseball again. There are 301. Tech has given a 92% chance to win each of those games. Final score predictions of 6-1. to one. We want to look at the teams that Maine has played. They played a weekend series against Winthrop, who's number 70 in the country, lost all three. They played against Villanova, lost 7-2, to played against Purdue, lost 6-2, played Campbell, which was the worst team they played so far outside of Villanova. Campbell is 149 in the country. They lost that game 6-2. to So what's their record overall? Their record is 0-6. 
So, wow. Tech will be the best team that Maine has played so far, but they also haven't played too many scrubs either. Maine may be better than we think they are. I still don't think they're that great. February baseball for Maine has to be really weird, right? Like, they haven't been able to practice outside. I mean, goodness. Yeah, there, there's a reason why they're coming down to Louisiana to play a weekend series in February, right. and it's to get out of the state of Maine. Yeah, for sure. And Maine is beautiful. It's just not so much this time of year. Right. <laughs> it's beautiful in April and May. Yeah. <laughs> and like the later summer when college baseball isn't happening. But <laughs> yeah, if we want to look at who LSU has played so far, they opened their season with a weekend series against Indiana, who's the 39th team of the country, according to Massey. They took two or three of those games. They beat Southern eight to three the next Tuesday. The next night they traveled Nickel State and lost four to two. Ooh. Nickel State is a 213th team of the country. LSU wow. is one of only two teams that Nichols State has beaten. The other is McNeese, interestingly. Hmm. Then LSU played a weekend series against Eastern Kentucky where they hosted whatever Eastern Kentucky's nickname is. They won two or three of those, uh, losing one of the games 2 nothing to start the weekend and then winning 6-3 to and 10-2. to Eastern Kentucky is a 98th team in the country. So Tech will also be the best team that LSU has faced so far. Yeah, uh, EKU is the Colonels. Just for the record, we aim to provide the information you you seek here at the GTBDD podcast. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it would be fantastic for Tech to beat LSU. And obviously, you know, we thought we might have a better chance against Troy and they beat us for the second straight year in a uh, three game series. So hopefully we can show up for Maine uh, at our quote unquote home stadium at Ruston High uh, this week. So if you're in the Ruston area, you know, be sure to go check that out and, uh, you know, make sure to support the Bulldogs at their kind of home away from home. And that LSU game will be on the SEC Network Plus. So if you have that on, watch ESPN or whatever your cable package is, you'll be able to watch a stream of that one. And like most of Tech's home games this year for baseball, that will be streamed on Kusa.tv, which is unfortunate that that costs more than most other streaming services kind of do for this kind of thing. But yeah. you do get Dave Nitz calling the games usually, since there's no basketball game friday saturday sunday so he'll probably be on the call so that's pretty nice you get that synced up with uh with a video it might be teddy allen but we love teddy allen here yeah. on the podcast too so he's got some like crazy sayings i love that dude <laughs> <laughs> he's got like so many like june bug in a frying pan type sayings oh man when people call baseball a pretty boring sport i fight that right. but it's pretty nice when you have someone with a very colorful <laughs> imagination call right speaking of colorful imaginations you have a tweet of the week for us this week yeah, so last week uh, we forgot to do one, which is on us, because it was just me and you, Nathan, so we can't I blame, blame I blame you. <laughs> Damn, you got that in faster Damn. than I could talk. Um, <laughs> it's all my fault, is what I'm saying here. Uh, but last week's Tweet of the Week, we will do now, and we're going to highlight the uh, Tech Baseball tweet where they just tweeted out a fire emoji and pictures of the light blue powder blue jerseys and my god nathan steal Oof. those jerseys for me and you like Oof. go to the clubhouse now and get us two jerseys man we need them and part of me hates it because it looks so much like the st louis cardinals of yesteryear and growing up a cubs fan not a huge fan of the cardinals but the jerseys are just so nice you have to overlook oh, that it's got the script tech and the oh man just Hot so take. nice Hot take, I want Tech to drop Reflex Blue and just be Columbia Blue and Red. Wow, for, all, for everything? For all sports, that's what Ooh, I want. I can't get behind that. 
I don't blame I, you. I don't think most people would, but there's so many blue and red teams. I want a nice blue. Because it's beautiful. I mean, and, and people were tweeting. We were tweeting about, I saw football players tweeting about, you know, hey, can we get on, get in on this? Like basketball's got it now. Baseball's got it now. Obviously the lady textures wear it all the time. Like, man, let's just get powder blue alternates for every sport. And then just wear them all the time until they're the real jerseys, right? I think I'm on board, yeah. Nathan. Yeah, I, yeah, I got you immediately. But yeah, so now for this week's tweet of the week, <laughs> we have something special from LaTeX Sports Report and a new project they're working on. I'm a little confused about it. Can you explain yeah. it? No, basically, uh, <laughs> they've got something up their sleeves, and I just want to know what it is. So, like, <laughs> they tweeted out some point this past week that they say, coming soon, a Twitter account for an imaginary, non existent ESPN produced CUSA network, in no way real or affiliated with CUSA or ESPN. And it's just a little video of like a logo that they created. And so, I guess they're trying to go like a, they're trying to stretch it out to be. The whole conference and i don't know who these people are if it's more than one person i don't know but man they do good work so I, i'm excited so if you happen to be a not tech fan that's listening you know 35 minutes into this podcast i don't know why but check that out because they do great stuff and they're gonna do something for the conference so always good to see uh more cusa stuff coming out yeah i i'm still surprised i'm not sure how they have time to do what they already do right all, all the graphics who are, these? And up there. Who are you people <laughs> what what you got for predictions we got two uh basketball texter games one men's basketball game and what four baseball games and we'll just not talk about softball <laughs> So I'll start with hoops. I think beat West Kentucky this week. I, yeah, I think so too. I'm I on think, board with that. Yeah, I think playing them once helps. Uh, getting shut out kind of like this is th- what's in the back of your mind. I think that this team really shows up and they finally get to go to the ice cream spot they probably picked up before they traveled to Bowling Green, Kentucky. When it comes to baseball, I wanted to say that they beat LSU and LSU looks vulnerable right now. They started yeah. as the best team on tech schedule, but now they fall in their Massey ratings even below what Troy was. If there's a time to beat them, this would be it. I just think because we beat them so bad last year, again, the same <laughs> reasoning I'm using for winning against Western Kentucky. So this is a week of revenge essentially <laughs> every week is a week of revenge if you play it right <laughs> and yeah i think lsu lsu takes away i don't think it's a blowout in either direction it's also tough because it's a midweek game on a wednesday and then you've got to travel back home i think it's tough because it's baseball right it's hard to predict but i mean i think we can beat lsu but as far as predicting it i would i would probably go with you and say we'll probably drop that one yeah and then i think we sweep main yeah I, agreed i hate predicting sweeps nah get the broom out let's go yeah look i go mean, back I, to maine you bears or whatever you are uh, black bears black bears yeah well, that would that would have sounded bad if i just said <laughs> <laughs> go back to maine you black bears and they weren't actually black bears but it wouldn't surprise me if they sneak a game, sneak, sneak a victory out from under the Bulldogs. Right. But yeah, I think all it takes is a pitcher goes, getting hot and you can win a game. You, yeah. So you can win one nothing. And yep. that's sometimes what happens. But yeah, I think Tech goes three and one all the week, losing to LSU and sweeping Maine. You got any texter thoughts or I mean I think I, it's pretty pretty easy to say we'll lose to Rice and beat UTSA. That's what I've got. So uh, I'm with you all the way. You know what? Let's let's go the other way. Okay, they'll beat Rice and lose to UTSA. That honestly would not surprise me. <laughs> uh, the textures are just a mess. Of the teams that we fought, we talk about, not including the indoor track and field team, because hey, <laughs> we are indoor track and field experts, Nathan. Okay, let's print out the <laughs> business cards. But yeah, the textures have shown to be very 
up and down. They've beaten good teams and they've lost to bad teams. And so what's to say they don't beat the best and lose to one of the worst this week? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, your prediction's just as good as mine. So <laughs> I, and I think we're both on board with, uh, what is that, five and two overall for the sports we just talked about? Something like that, which yeah. feels a little overly optimistic. But three of those games are against Maine in, ba- in baseball. So yeah. you never know. And I'm sure if Matt were on the podcast, we'll go ahead and and do his and say Tech loses every game. Yeah. (laughs) Love you, Matt. Yep. Yep. But that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where we have our baseball preview stuff still up and maybe something else in the coming weeks. Hopefully, we'll see how much time I have at gtpdd.dog. And don't forget to rate, review us on iTunes or whatever, which we said once in an earlier episode and then never again. So let's go ahead and bring that back up. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it feels <laughs> nice to see when people leave reviews that say good things. So say good things. Positivity. Don't give us zero stars. That's probably not even an option. Anyway, until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And go Tech. Please don't die. And go play the baseball contest, too. Oh, yeah, do that. that um oh man i totally lost my train of thought never mind (laughs) beautiful there's the outro already two minutes in the episode yeah (laughs) makes it easier on me